Hey, I'm Dan Davis, senior pastor here at Hopevale Church, coming to you from the lobby of our Saginaw campus. I want to thank you for logging on and joining us for our online worship experience this weekend as we once again gather together virtually as one church in many locations all throughout the Great Lakes Bay region. We want to welcome any of you who are new to Hopevale and joining us for the first time. We're glad you've jumped in and we would love to hear from you. So I want to encourage you to go to our welcome page at hopefell.org new. You can fill out a virtual visitors card there and we can begin a conversation and learn more about each other there. You can also find out more about our church and ways that you can connect with us. Also for children and parents, our Hopevale Kids Ministry has been doing a great job of providing family resources during this season that you can access at hopevale.org COVID-19. Look for the family resources section there to download some fun, faith-filled activities that you can do at home. Now that we're into June and restrictions are beginning to be lifted, I want you to know that we are working hard behind the scenes so we can get back together as soon as possible and as safe as possible. So over these next few weeks, we are putting together experiences at our Saginaw campus and the Bay City Ministry Center that are in groups and outdoors. And we'll communicate details about those through our social media channels, as well as our weekly all church email. Well, as we go to prayer for today's service, I wanna once again acknowledge the unrest that we're experiencing as a nation over this very real issue of racial injustice. And that for us as a church, we wanna to continue to pray and listen and feel and speak and act in love because hope always chooses love. Like I shared this week during my Wednesday Facebook Live update, God has laid on my heart these powerful words from the Old Testament prophet Micah, that in Micah 6, 8, we hear these timeless words of wisdom. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Justice, mercy, humility. That's who God calls us to be as his people in every season, but especially this one. I'm looking forward to Pastor Adam kicking off our new series for the month of June, Lessons from Lockdown, with a very timely message about us being fruitful as Christians and demonstrating these very character qualities in our lives. So let's pray together. And God, once again, we invite you into our homes and into our hearts as we engage in worship. Because Heavenly Father, you alone are worthy. And Lord, while it may feel like the world around us is crumbling, thank you that you stand strong. You are enthroned in the heavens and you are in control. Pour out your love, your mercy, your grace, your peace upon us, your children, as we look to you. And so God, take every prayer, every song, and the words from scripture that we'll hear in this message and use them in our lives to bring hope and change. First, in our lives, in our homes, in our church, in our community, in our nation, and in our world. On our own, we can't do that, but Jesus, you in us and you through us can, and you will because we believe and we pray these things in your name, amen. Yeah. 
So I thought I was going to be able to be able to speak after that. And it's really hard. I've watched that video like six times. And uh, that one just got me. I don't know why. It was just that time it really got me. Oh, just beautiful. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. John, John 1, um, 12. But to all who have received, those who believe in his name, he has given the right to become God's children. And thank you, sweet babies, for um, reminding us of that. That was just beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a mess. Oh, those sweet little babies. You guys would love this too. I know a lot of the parents who did some of those videos and they were like, you have no idea what it took to get this video to be recorded. So, <laughs> like kids going, wah, wah. <laughs> but the final product is great. And thank you, sweethearts, for leading us in worship. That was just beautiful. So um, we want to do the same. We want to lead you in worship and give you the opportunity to say, God, thank you for all I have. Thank you so much for all I have. And we're going to sing this song uh, where we raise our hallelujahs. The word hallelujah means praise the Lord. And uh, praise the Lord is another way to say thank you, Lord. So uh, what a great way to uh, kick off our time in uh, singing. Uh, George, back on the bass, uh, we just prayed right before we started the service. And he said, you know, I was in my house and I stood up. And I, uh, I got up and uh, I was, it just helped me engage in worship more. So... If you'd be so daring, stand up and join us in worship and engage and um, thank the Lord for all you have. <laughs> and I'm going to try to sing, but if I can't, uh, they'll all sing and, and lead you. It'll be a great time. Mark, go ahead and take us in, man. Let's raise our hallelujahs. Oh.
God, you, you are with us and you promise that you'll never leave us even sometimes when we feel so alone. Singing some of those lyrics, um, another in the fire, another in the waters. and You're always there. And um, how often we can take that for granted. So uh, today we don't. We're paying attention. And we know you're here with us. God with us. Thank you, Jesus, for being Emmanuel, the one who came to save what was lost, us, and to put us on the right track, homeward bound, northbound, heaven bound. So Lord, today uh, we all have so much going on in our lives, and um, we all have a lot of concerns, and we offer those up to you now knowing that you're with us and because um, we know that's where you'll be as we've sang it so many times. So um, God, uh, today, what would you have for us? What would you have for us in your word? We, we pray for Pastor Adam as he uh, prepares to come, as he's met with you for probably just weeks and weeks now to see what, uh, what it is that uh, you have to say to him and then through him to us. So, um, God, we ask your blessing on him that the words of his mouth will give you praise. And if uh, if it's a little whisper we need to hear, thank you, Lord. If it's a crushing wave that comes in, thank you for that too. We love you, Lord, and we ask for your presence in the word today. In Jesus' name we all pray and say. Thank you so much for joining us in worship today. My name is Adam Harbaugh. I'm one of the pastors here at Hopevale. And as Pastor Dan said last week, it is great to be in this physical space again in our Saginaw Campus Worship Auditorium. And uh, we are one step closer to gathering together again in person. And we cannot wait for that day. But man, what a season this has been where you have lived out the reality that the church is not a building. It's a movement of people on mission with Jesus. And you have been the church out in the community in beautiful ways. And we are so grateful for how you have represented Jesus in this season. Well, today we launch a new series called Lessons from Lockdown. And each Sunday through the month of June, a Hopevale pastor will share a lesson learned from lockdown. And here's the thing. None of us have ever experienced anything like this before. It's new to us all. And so while we're all experiencing the same storm, we're actually all kind of in different boats, meaning that no two experiences on the water are exactly the same. And so hopefully as you're going through the storm, whatever it looks like for you you are learn, leaning into the opportunities to learn more about yourself and more about your creator. And so today's message is some of what Jesus has been showing me in lockdown. And by his grace, I'm still in process with all of this, uh, desiring to look more and more like my Savior every day. And hopefully the Lord will speak to you through what I'm about to share today. Well, about a week ago, I was sitting at our kitchen counter just trying to process all of the overwhelming information that's been hitting us for the past three months. A pandemic, global economic shutdown, dams breaking and devastating flooding in our region, the senseless and heartbreaking murder of George Floyd, and the national fallout that has happened since then. 
And for a little bit of levity, let's not forget about the murder hornets as well, right? And so in all of that, I, I sat there and just asked myself, what's the lesson from 2020 so far? What is the lesson that we can learn from 2020 so far? Because I don't know about you, but I have to believe that there is a lesson in all of this, you know? Like God has to have a plan and a purpose in all of this, right? You know, these kinds of things don't just happen coincidentally. God the Father on his righteous and glorious throne is allowing all of this to happen for a reason. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so here's my answer for what's the lesson from 2020 so far. I have been learning to be fruitful in my circumstances the way that Jesus defines being fruitful. Because usually my default approach to being fruitful is about production. It's about achieving. It's about what am I accomplishing? What am I getting done and improving? You know, shoot, it's even asking questions like, what am I learning through all of this? It's like I can never turn it off. But in lockdown life, where the dial on everything turned down from a 10 or some days even an 11 down to about a three. It was like God was saying, hey, let's reframe your default setting on what it means to be fruitful. And so today, especially as you navigate your unique present circumstances, I want to talk about being fruitful in the sense of who are you becoming who are you becoming in all of this? And if I'm being honest, I've had more than a few moments during lockdown where who I was being, selfish and frustrated, wasn't lining up with who I want to be, someone living in the peace and the power of Jesus in me. And so as I reflect on living in lockdown, here's some of what I experienced. I experienced uh, disappointment over altered plans concern about health, a sense of being disconnected and unproductive, uh, being confined to the house day after day after day, right? Or the, the flip side of that coin is just feeling trapped and unable to go anywhere. And even if you could go somewhere, everything shut down and just that tension that we all lived in, right? The mental and emotional fatigue of 14-hour days parenting and homeschooling Although I have to give a huge shout out to my wife who probably did 90% of the homeschooling. Thank you, Kim, for doing that for us. Uh, the impatience in not knowing what's coming next and, and how the information kept changing on a daily base, basis. Uh, and then finally, the onslaught of weighty content in the news and on social media. It's been overwhelming, and I know that many of you are facing far greater challenges than that. And as a pastor, you know, I've had the privilege of providing guidance and counsel to a lot of people over the years. And here's what I know is often true, that sometimes it is impossible to identify what's most challenging to you in a difficult season until you're on the other side of the season and you have an opportunity to look back on it and to reflect on it. While we're not on the other side of this challenging season, you know, today I want to encourage you to step back and reflect on what has been most challenging to you and for you to write a list of what you come up with because sometimes putting the time and energy into figuring out what's been most challenging and most frustrating to you in a season can be so valuable. You know, maybe it's the social isolation Maybe it's disappointment over how your plans have been altered over and over again. Maybe you've lost something. Maybe it's been a job, a business, or income, a sense of security, your health, or even a sense of purpose in your life, all things that you might have lost along the way. Maybe you have lost someone through a changing relationship, a move, or even a death, and all of those circumstances are exacerbated by the challenges of the lockdown. You know, whatever it is for you, sometimes just putting your finger on what's bothering you is the important first step in working out a more productive outcome. 
Because once you know what the challenge is, you can go to the Lord in prayer about that. You can talk it through with a friend. You can remind yourself of God's goodness and his faithfulness to you over the years and choose once again to trust that he will see you through whatever it is that you're going through right now. And so let's lean in to reflecting on lockdown life and focusing on our attention on who Jesus wants to help us become through it. You know, when I think of my own life with Jesus and the kind of person that I want to become, I've always loved the image and the word picture of the vine and the branches. The vine is Jesus. He is our source of life. And we are the vine's branches that either bear fruit or not. And so that imagery of the vine and the branches is what we're going to flesh out today. Uh, But first, I actually want to identify the nature of the fruit that we are either bearing or not bearing as branches attached to the vine. And so the Apostle Paul, uh, a man whose life was radically changed after an encounter with Jesus, he wrote about the traits of a life that bears the fruit of the Spirit. So in Paul's letter to the church in Galatia, after listing a number of things that are contrary to a Spirit-directed life, and he says it's obvious things like hatred, discord, fits of rage, selfish ambition, envy, drunkenness, sexual immorality, things like that. Paul wrote this, and this is what you should pursue if you want to be fruitful. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 say, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law, which is basically saying, hey, there is no law against displaying these attributes in your life. And so these are the attributes of living a fruitful life. But check this out. In the next verse, Paul writes, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified or put to death the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And so first, if you belong to Jesus, you are, you are working to put the sin that is in your heart to death on a daily basis. And second, you are called to keep in step with the Spirit, in tandem, in sync, so that your attitudes, your thoughts, your words, your social media posts, your actions are in agreement with and not contrary to the Spirit of Christ. And here's what I've learned. I cannot will myself to live out the attributes of Jesus on my own. I cannot do it. In fact, if left to myself, my sinful nature has a gravitational pull towards the opposite of these attributes. And that's not the kind of person that I want to be. And I'm willing to bet that uh, your experience is similar, that you long to display these attributes in your life, but left to yourself, that's impossible. You have to find the source of those things in someone far greater than yourself. And that someone is Jesus. He is all of those things and he gave you and I, his Holy Spirit, to guide and direct you into his character It's the gift of his life and his very nature living in and through you. Jesus is the source of who you and I want to become. Jesus, as the source of who we want to become, leads us back to that imagery of the vine and the branches. So we've identified the fruit that we desire to bear, and now we have to identify the source of this fruit And this takes us back to John chapter 15, which is a part of Jesus' final words to his followers before he was betrayed, arrested, and crucified. Jesus said this in John 15, verses 1 and 2. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So in gardening, 
what do you do with a dead branch? Right? You cut it off. You cut off dead branches. And here's the thing. Branches can actually be attached to the source of life, the vine, and be dead. It'd be no, producing no fruit. And a good gardener will cut the dead branch off. And it's as simple as that. But the branch that does bear fruit gets pruned. And check this out. You know, thanks to my friends at Google and Wikipedia, here's a definition of pruning. Pruning is a horticultural and silvicultural practice involving the selective removal of certain parts of a plant, such as branches, buds, or roots. The practice entails targeted removal of diseased, damaged, dead, non-productive, structurally unsound, or otherwise unwanted tissue from crop and landscape plants. Did you catch that? Pruning removes the unwanted junk from our lives so that we can bear more fruit. It might be painful at times to go through the pruning, but it's done to make us stronger and to make us healthier so that we can bear more fruit. And I wonder, you know, maybe God is doing some pruning in your life right now. And so instead of getting uh, angry that part of you was taken away, consider what new life God might be growing in its place. Jesus wraps up this idea in verse 5, and he says, again, reminds us, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So remaining in the vine as the gardener does his pruning work. It requires trust in the gardener's good purposes and trust in his work in your life. It really is that simple, but it's not that easy, and it's a lifelong process. And so for myself, as I go through life, I want to be a branch that is strongly fused to the vine with pruning marks everywhere, bearing much fruit for Jesus. And here's what we learn from these two passages put together. Here's what it takes. The, the work that we are called to do is putting our flesh to death. Put it to death. Put the sin in our hearts to death. You've got to identify it, and you've got to do the work to kill it, to get rid of it. And then in tandem with that is the work of Jesus, the work of the gardener who prunes fruitful branches. So if we do have any fruit production in our lives, God is going to prune those branches so that they will become even more fruitful. And this is the work of bearing fruit to become more and more like Jesus. And this is what Jesus has been teaching me in lockdown. And so this week, as you write out a list of your challenges from lockdown, take that list to Jesus in prayer. And as you pray, here are three things that you can focus on. First is listening if the Spirit is telling you that there are areas and attitudes in your life that you need to put to death. And as the Holy Spirit prompts, you do your work and you put those things to death in you. And next is just embracing the pruning that Jesus is doing in your life because he's doing it for the sake of bearing more fruit. And finally, just ask Jesus to show you who and where and how he wants you to display his fruit to the world around you. And if your experience is anything like mine, your soul will be so encouraged as you spend this time with Jesus doing this work and allowing him to do this work in you. Because now more than ever, the world needs people who are fused into the power of the vine and bearing fruit for the kingdom. Jesus is the hope of the world and we need to put him on display in these days. And he wants to use his church, you and me, to show the world his capital L life way of living. And so let's put the nature and the character of Jesus on display to our hope-starved world. 
all for the glory of God. Well, as I wrap up, uh, just a few final thoughts on our country's way forward. You know, not that everything was perfect back at the beginning of March 2020, but the world right now feels much darker than it did just three months ago. So as I was thinking about God's promises, I found myself in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And it's a fascinating chapter and eerily relevant to today. And basically, it's right after King Solomon built the temple where the Spirit of the Lord dwelt. Everything seemed to be good. Solomon's palace was built. The people were singing praise to the Lord. There seems to be peace and prosperity all the way through verse 12 of chapter 7, much like through mid-March of this year. But then in verse 13, God says this to Solomon. He says, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or maybe in our region it was an outpouring of rain that broke a dam, or I command locusts to devour the land, and maybe that's just this picture of the unrest in our land today, or I send a plague or a coronavirus, whatever it is among my people This is what God says when I do these things. And here's what this means for us, that we have to remember that our sense of safety, our health, our security, our finances, our our sense of self-sufficiency, this idea that we don't need anybody else, that is all an illusion. God is the one in control, not us. And he has the power and he has the authority to strip our sense of control away in an instant. And maybe that's part of how he's pruning his people right now. But then God says this, in all of this, but if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. That is what we long for and our country needs healing right now and our sin needs forgiveness. And Jesus is the only one who can do that for us. An issue that has the attention that it deserves are our African-American brothers and sisters who have been oppressed by systemic racism displayed through inequality and injustice for hundreds of years. And our voices have to join the chorus of their voices so that they can be heard and they can be valued the way that they deserve. We have to be allies in pursuit of justice. And I have felt so helpless and broken over the past week just trying to put myself in the shoes of the black community. The pain they have endured is beyond comprehension. The protests are a complex and complicated display of more dynamics at play than we could ever understand. And so as these demonstrations take place, we actually see biblical principles playing out in real time. And here's what I mean. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1 says that it's a gentle answer. It's a gentle answer that turns away wrath, but it's a harsh word that stirs up even more anger. And so this is a time to show empathy by listening and by standing in solidarity with our black brothers and sisters as men and women created in the beautiful image of God. And so 2 Chronicles reminds us that if the world is turned upside down in an instant, There are restorative steps that we have to take for the Lord to heal and to forgive. And he tells us to humble ourselves, to pray, to seek Jesus, which includes seeking justice, and to turn away from evil. These are the most fruitful things that we can do. And may the people of God lead the way. Let's pray. God, we are so incredibly blown away by your love that you have for us. God, thank you so much for being the vine, being the source of life, and allowing us the privilege of being grafted into 
your life as your branches. And God, we want to be people who produce beautiful fruit so that your name would be made great, that your name would be made glorious in this world. And God, we have this sense that the stakes are so much higher in the season that we're in right now. And so, Lord, we want to make ourselves available to you. God, would you prune us? Would you shape us? Would you mold us into the men and women that you want us to be, that you are calling us to be, that you are giving us the responsibility to be? God, shape us into all of that. God, and as we take those steps, as we do that work and allow you you to work in and through us, God, that you would show up in powerful and incredible and unexpected ways, God, so that there would be no doubt in the world's mind that you sit on the throne. God, you are the glorious God that we we love and we serve, and we want to bear much fruit so that your name is made great and glorious across the world. God, we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
all my life you've been faithful. And all my life you've been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. What an anthem of praise, worship, and hope for this church in these times. Just a couple things before we close. First of all, if you're not doing so already, we wanna encourage you to stay connected with us through our website, through our mobile app, and through our various social media channels. Second, I wanna say thank you as you continue to give to the Lord through the ministry of Hopewell. I have been blown away by your generosity over these last several months and your willingness to embrace new ways to express your giving. It's also been wonderful to see how your giving has mobilized a lot of great flood relief efforts to people in our church and our community, so thank you. Again, if you feel led to give, you can do so through our website, hopefell.org give. Through our mobile app, just text HOPEL to 77977. And you can also mail your offering to our Saginaw Ministry Center or drop it off there directly. Next week, Pastor Sam is going to continue our Lessons from Lockdown series with a message called Learning to Love Better. And I can't wait to hear from Sam and what God has laid on his heart. And so until next time, may God bless you as you head into your week. Stay healthy, be hopeful, and continue to rejoice in the goodness of God.